Hello, everyone, and welcome to another SDGC review discussion. My name is Jeff, and I'm here with John and Britt, and we're going to be talking about Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion for the PlayStation 5. And I think John's been playing it on the Switch. Um, once again, uh, thank you to Square for providing us with these review codes and giving, the chance, giving us the chance to cover the game before it's out. I finished the game yesterday. Uh, I played it for the first time. John has been playing the playing the remaster as well. I think he played the original years ago, um, so this is his oh, second yes. time around. And, and Britt's played the original, but hasn't had a chance to to check out the remaster yet. So, uh, good variety of perspectives, I think, to to kind of give our thoughts on the game today. Uh, I just want to start off with like a little bit of my general impressions of it again, as someone who'd never played it before. Overall, I really really liked it. I think it's an excellent companion piece to Final Fantasy VII. It recontextualizes, sorry, recontextualizes that game and, and even some of the characters and some of the events in it in a really, uh, really profound way. So I, it's, you know, I, I've gone so many years w- without knowing this piece of the story, and now it's hard to imagine not knowing it. And I can't wait to to either replay the original or to play uh, the next parts of of remake. So that stuff aside, yeah, this was a really good game. Uh, my favorite bits about it were definitely the characters are, so are really strong especially i love the characterization of zach the game's a great length yeah it's it's so zach is such a good character i can't wait to we'll get into that in a little bit here um the game's a really good length i honestly i like didn't know how they were gonna stretch this little zach side story i i thought it was gonna be like a full length like 40 50 hour rpg uh i finished the main story in 12 hours and uh played around with some side stuff um after the fact I think right now I'm sitting at about 15. I've maybe got a little bit to go, but yeah, it's like it's like a nice, tight little package. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It's gorgeous. Like uh, everything they've done feels like it fits very nicely with Seven Remake in terms of aesthetic and gameplay and stuff like that. So just overall, it's a really solid remaster. I think the only thing which I'll talk about a little bit further is I don't think it's a good entry point. I think they're kind of selling it as like it's good for existing fans and, and good for people who haven't played any series before. I really don't think anyone should start with this one. I think at least they should play 7 Remake, but ideally I think this is best for people who've played the original um, Final Fantasy 7 still, but uh, I'll touch on that a little bit later. So I think maybe just before we get into the remaster, like Britt and John, just in general, like what do you think of Crisis Core? I mean, you both played it at launch years ago. Like just curious what your general thoughts are on the, on it as a game and, and the story as a whole. Um. I'll let Britt go first. I just want to warn you, I've got a little puppy sleeping in my lap, and she's murmuring in her sleep, so if you hear a little on the recording, that's that's what that is. So, <laughs> um, so Crisis Core, I played it when I was... We already said that the game came out in 2008, right? 2008, that's when it came out, yeah. Yeah, so I was... It's a year after I graduated high school, so I was like 18 years old. Um, and... I didn't know that's when like like the 360 and the PS3 and all those stuff were really ramping up with multiplayer games so I didn't know um if I was going to like this game or you know if it was going to draw me in but it's just like it's like you said Jeff it was one of those like nice cozy really just kind of draws you in like it's cute it's quirky like it doesn't take itself too seriously in certain spots um and you know credit to that goes to zach but it it definitely hits a way that you don't expect it to um and it just 
it it stays with me this day. I remember, um, I didn't own my own PSP. I had a boyfriend at the time, and I was borrowing his PSP, and he was in my room with me while I was playing. And I remember I got to the last scene in the game, and I had to go out into the hall and beat it because I knew I knew what was gonna happen, and I knew I was gonna just ball um and and I did and that moment has stuck with me my entire life like that that the ending to that game sticks out uh it, it's one of my like greatest kind of like gaming memories is just knowing that was coming and still not being prepared for it um like I said it's just an overall uh wonderful game the combat's fun the characters are so wonderful even you know the new additions everything just feels really solid for you know just a psp spinoff game yeah i agree like i think um you know obviously most most people playing this probably have played seven to some degree and uh there's different approaches to prequels like sometimes they kind of work more standalone i think this one definitely relies a lot on seven but sometimes that's really good because there's something there's a very different experience knowing the outcome that's already predetermined and still like hoping against hope that it won't go that way even though you know where it's going to end up in the end and and just seeing how it gets there and going through that journey yeah it's it's really really emotional for sure uh what about you john well i first played um crisis core in 2008 while i was in afghanistan um after my son had been born uh so you know obviously not a replacement for being there for your kid uh, entering this world but it did uh, it was a nice coping mechanism because uh, i was like oh look final fantasy in afghanistan you know like it, this helps at least um <clears throat> now it, this is one of those rare final fantasy games that i played once and didn't return to um not because i didn't enjoy it in fact i loved it um i just lost my psp and uh n- was never able to get another one because i was preoccupied with other things um but uh <sighs> What I want to say is, from a visual standpoint, this is much more of a... like. And again, I'm talking about visuals here, not gameplay mechanics. This is more of a visual remake than a, than a remaster. In fact, if you want to call it a remaster, then it's one of the most impressive remasters I've ever come across. Visually, like at times, um, it, it's clearly not quite on, on the level of FF7, especially, right. the, especially the PS5 version. But at times, it looks very close to the 7 remake in certain areas. It's like so I'm playing so I'm playing it on Switch, right? So obviously mm-hmm. you're getting a better visual experience than I am. That being said, this game like it, of course at its core, it's a you mean at its crisis <laughs> core. I, I didn't even mean to do that, but now I wish <laughs> I had. Um at its crisis core, uh this game is a it was it originated on a handheld devi- handheld device and so even though it runs and it runs fine on Switch. Like it, it's a solid thirty frames a second. I haven't seen a single dip. Uh, it's at seven twenty p handheld, and I'm playing it on on the OLED screen, right? So like you know the colors really pop. Um, you're not getting that sixty frames a second PS five or PC experience, but the something about the game just feels at home on a handheld system. Well, um, I, and like you know we'll talk about that. I guess uh, you know if we would talk about like the game overall, but I think. Um, it definitely that's the one place where I think the PSP roots really show like you can overhaul, uh, you know, the combat feels very modern. Um, the visuals look amazing, like the overall production quality is super high, but you still feel that mobile or portable structure in like the small environments, 
the very short missions, uh, you know, like the side right. missions are mostly five or ten minutes. But I, I think that's great. Like, I think that's fine. Like you said, like that it's available. I, I didn't even think of playing it on the Switch. Um, it's really great for something that you can just pick up for a little bit at a time and don't have to commit five hours to. Well, and in that, like, you can really see the game's uh, portable origins, right? Like, this is a game that was meant to be picked up, played for an hour, and then put down and then picked up again later, right? Um, which is why, you know, you've got that, you know, sort of that mission structure. Now, the game from a, like, from a, you know, like, from a gameplay standpoint, it is very much still a PSP game. It's the exact same game that you played on PSP uh, in 2008, um, you know, which means that you are getting some, you know, repetitive environments. Um, you know, you are revisiting the same areas for a lot of these side missions uh, over and over. Um, that being said, the combat remains enjoyable to the point where none of that really matters to me, right? Like it doesn't bother, like, like your mileage will vary on that one, I think. But for me, um, I, I really dig the combat in Crisis Core. Especially the um, especially the slot system, which I, I guess we can get into. Um, is that the digital? But, uh, yeah, that that yeah. I I, I I can never remember what it's called. Uh, um, it's it's. I think it's like it's cool. It's kind of nice that you don't have to think about it that much. But I felt like it wasn't explained super well. I just I when they first introduced it, I was streaming the game uh, the first night we got the code, and it's like uh, yeah. I think they just could have done like a little bit better. Um, there's a lot of terms thrown there. Like, uh, they kept talking about like limit verge or limit ver, And I'm like, I didn't quite know. I was like, okay, so I just don't have to do anything. Like, it's just, it's like a slot machine that runs in the background in the top left. And it gives you like your limit breaks and your summons. And like, as you unlock more stuff in the game, you meet more characters, your relationship relationships with them will increase. And so you have like more of a chance of getting assists or limit breaks from characters that you've really interacted with, which is cool because like a lot of the game is really about that bond um, between Zach and either like his soldier companions or his friends that he meets along the way uh, and stuff like that. So I actually think it really does a good job. Like there's even little flashbacks that play again. I, the game did not explain what was happening. So in the middle of a, in the middle of a fight, I got, like, I was watching touch. your, I was watching your stream. Your yeah. reaction was, I was like, hilarious. what the hell is happening? They, they didn't really explain what was going on, but like, once I understood that getting further the game, it's it's very cool. Like it all kind of ties in, um, you know that that uh, that camaraderie and friendship and stuff like that into it, which is is really at the core of the game. So I thought it was cool. Would you would you say, Jeff, that the the real core of the crisis were the friends we made along the way? Sure, I won't argue with that. Okay, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> um, <laughs> can I say something about the summons real quick? Um, it's sure. so cool. Uh, about like one of my favorite things about. The combat in the game are the summon effects because when you summon, you know, when you summon like, you know, Odin or Bahamut or Ifrit, the game actually switches seamlessly to an FMV video um, and then switches back to gameplay, mm -hmm. uh, which I think is just it's really, a, quick a really cool. And they touch. look gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. They look beautiful. Um, and and it, it's really neat to see those because, I mean, visually, all of the summons are based on the Final Fantasy VII summon designs, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and it's it's really cool to see uh, some of those summons that weren't in Final Fantasy VII Remake represented here. Um, you know, obviously these summons were in the original game, but uh, to see them to see them displayed in a much more consistent visual style is is a really cool treat. Well, and I um, I think for me not having played this before, uh, I guess you know maybe for some people now Seven Remake has kind of like dulled it a little bit, but I, it must have been really cool at the time. 
seeing like Midgar or Shinra HQ in a different way than you do in the original. It was for me. Like I've always, you know, I've been thinking about the next parts of remake and like what Cosmo Canyon will look like. And, but seeing Nibelheim in this one, like, uh, you know, because that was always one of my favorite parts of the original game was when you get to calm and, and there's the flashback and clouds explaining everything. And which obviously is like central to this game, but going back to the Shinra mansion and stuff like that and seeing them, especially on playing on PS five with this remaster, uh, so gorgeous, which I assume is very similar to how they're going to look when we get there uh, in Remake. But it, it's really cool actually being able to explore a little bit more of these areas and, and see them from a different perspective and just spend some time in them. Yeah, really, really cool. Um, Britt, I have a question for you. Shoot. How do you feel about... <laughs> because I... Correct me if I'm wrong. The game is, The game has some new voice actors, right? There's some new voice work in the game. Um, I don't think this is the same actor who uh, as Zach that we've that we've heard before. It is not. It is not. So, Britt, you as like I I would say this group's Zach Stan. Yes. Um, how do you feel about the change? Um, it's a little jarring for me, Jeff. I'm not sure if you watched the the YouTube video I sent you. Uh, I have a comparing not yet, the no. two, but um, I think the original actor. Zachter. Zachter? Yeah, I'm going to stick with it. Yeah, the yeah go for Zachter, it. Um, is, uh, it's just been so ingrained in my brain since a young age. You know, I had Crisis Core. I had um, Advent Children. Um, and those were two big points in my life uh, because, you know, I would say early 2000s like, or like mid 2000s is really when um, you know, video games started becoming popular and, you know, we got the movie, we got another game. It was just really cool to kind of grow into seeing video game video games becoming more mainstream like that and like seeing a game get a sequel like that. Uh I, it just felt really cool to me. Um so, you know, I grew up with that Zach and this new one's fine. Like I watched Jeff play the first two hours of Crisis Core, but it, there was definitely just something off for me. Um, I think the new one's fine. He's not bad. Like I don't have anything against him. I'm not like writing or anything like that. Um, I just think the previous Zach had more of the Zach aesthetic, uh, like, he sounded, like, because they describe Zack as a puppy all the time in that game, which I absolutely love, uh, because it's true. Um, but this new one, he sounds like a bit, he sounds a bit more young. He's got, um, he's got more Zackitude. He sounds a lot like, he sounds more nasally. Um, so, again, I don't think he's bad. I don't think nobody should play this game because of it. It's just not what I'm used to. And like I said, when I was watching Jeff play the game, like, I could, I was slowly getting used to it, but I still just prefer the old one. Yeah, and I don't think any, like, I'm oh, sorry, Jeff, No, I was going to say, yeah, so, like, from my perspective, you know, someone who, who has no familiarity, I, I purposely didn't watch the comparison because I just, again, trying to approach this uh, game, I didn't read any other reviews. So I really wanted to just go in fresh and uh, bring my own take to it. But I think... Um, you know, I, I think he was really good. It definitely, you know, obviously it wasn't jarring for me because this is my my first introduction to Zach. I think it, the voice acting in general is probably not. I mean, it's a PSP game. Like they've obviously recast. Uh, I think it seems like most of the core cast were um, re reprised by like their seven remake companions, like uh, Cloud and, and Sephiroth and stuff like that. But I 
I believe most of like the less important characters, they're probably reusing the original VAs. I think Zach in general fits in well because like the mid 2000s, late 2000s, we still were like voice acting in games has really increased in quality in the last five years. And um, I don't know if it's the direction or that like the script is definitely I'm not going to be too hard on it. It, it, The the script is a little melodramatic. It's a little cheesy. I don't mind it because I like a little bit of cheese. And I think um, the game has a lot of heart so I can forgive if there's some corny moments like but yeah but i think um in that context uh yeah this this actor did a really good job with sack i definitely did get that puppy vibe he's there's especially in in the later chapters when you get to hang out uh with some downtime and stuff like that and the the humor moments his reactions and stuff like that it's uh yeah like it's i'm not gonna say it's it's not like gonna win an award for voice performance but i think it fits the tone of the game really well and i do think I, I I figure even someone who's played the original, I think like anything, once you just actually get to sit down with the game yourself and really immerse yourself in it uh, and adjust to it, uh, I think it's going to go over a, a, probably better at least than Chris Pratt as Mario. Um, I think this one I, this, this one's going to yeah, be fine. I, like, yeah. Another thing that really jarred me is when... Um, spoilers for 7 uh, Remake. Um, when that came up at the end... <laughs> it, like I immediately knew it wasn't his voice. I was like, "That's not the same Zach," you know. And this isn't that, my like, Zach. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, that kind of put like a bad taste in my mouth, and you know. Um, then I went back and I watched like videos of the original Zach and the new one, and I was like, "Yeah, I just, I just pref- prefer the OG," but that's just my preference. Uh, something else that I wanted to mention about Crisis Core is the. Um, the characters of Genesis and Hollander. Actually, sorry, John. One, um, uh, we'll get into that. Uh, there's one more thing I want to say, just like about the game. Oh, right, generally. sure. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, it, it's yeah. all good. Um, yeah, like because next I do want to talk about the the story and the characters. Obviously, this is going to be spoiler free if anyone's worried about that. We're going to talk a little bit of details, but we won't ruin anything. Um, but the only other thing I noticed is. I guess one of the big negatives, I think, especially if someone hasn't, that's why I really think people should play seven is the game does not do much world building. I really think it assumes that you're very familiar with seven. Uh, it just has no sense of place and location. Like at the right, when you start the game, you're jumping over to Wutai and it's just like you're in Shinra HQ. And then all of a sudden you're in Wutai and you would never know that you're all the way across the world on a different continent <laughs> Uh, which is a like a big deal in the context of the game. Like Zach is going on these big long missions for long periods of time, and I think it, not just that one. Like in general, jumping around uh, to his hometown and stuff like that, uh, and it maybe it's part of the limitation of the PSP. But I feel like they've got all these big summon cutscenes. They could have had some in movies. They call it like an establishing shot or something like that, where you get like a little bit of like a bigger picture, like you know, an overhead view of the location or like a view of crossing the ocean or something like that, just to like give that a little bit more sense of journey, but it's very much like we're just teleporting around the world. Um, so th- I think that's kind of, again, like people aren't really going to know where these places are or are going to miss that really important context if they haven't played seven, especially like in general, like um, you talk about, it talks about Shinra a lot, but uh, I think they're a lot better established in, in seven. Um, so that's my only like real negative and why, again, I really think this is more for people who are already fans of the series. Yeah, like, the only kind of, uh, like, I would say, like, movement you get in the game as far as, like, you know, them actually traveling somewhere is just that cutscene where they're heading to, you know, Nibelheim, yeah. and 
you know, that's that's really it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if they're doing <laughs> if they're doing that, if they're sitting in the back of a rickety ass truck for you know traveling days at a time i mean i guess it's not too important to the story because uh, it's very this game is very to the point um so john you sir you're going to talk about uh genesis well just not even so like just like some let's, of the characters in general let, let's set it up um, so genesis is kind of the uh you know other than sephiroth it's not really spoiler like you know there's some encounters with sephiroth but generally i think genesis is the main antagonist at the game oh for sure um, like a hundred percent yeah uh, based of course visually on uh legendary japanese pop singer gacked gacked we gacked. gotta talk about gacked. gotta t- gacked 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 into that we're just gacking up on this podcast That's right. um just gacked in that gacked in that i'm actually up. a big i was a big gacked fan so this was another reason why i wanted to play the game uh, really when it came out yeah you were Love, a gacked I, fan I, I was a Gact fan. I I still am. I I think his music's incredible. It's great. Um, Jeff, how do you feel about Gact? I I liked and Angeal's relationship with Zach. Um, I think definitely Gact, not Zach. Gact. I'm not. I'm not doing that. Gact. Uh, <laughs> I like. I I think I liked it on paper, and it it like gave Zach a lot of his drive and motivation, having that kind of mentor. And that good friend that he lost, I think Angeal could have been like developed a little bit better. I never really got that attached to him as a character. Like he was likable, but I, I would have liked like a little bit more time with him or a little bit more uh, deeper exploration, I guess. Um, Genesis, <coughs> I found kind of a weak antagonist. In general, I thought the first half of the game was a little spotty for me in terms of like the plot and the narrative. I know they were trying to like introduce some new elements, but I think the second half of the game is a lot stronger um, when it gets more tied in with the events of, of Seven. Um, it's not to say it was, like, all bad, but just in general, I, I thought it was kind of, like, meandering and the whole plot with Hollander um, and the experience. Like, a lot of it's just backstory that I think maybe was, like, stretched a little bit too thin, and um, I never fully understood Genesis' like, motivations and, you know, obviously the Loveless play. I think they were trying to do... Uh, the ending was really good, actually, with how they tied that in with the three um the three characters of the play and stuff like that i won't spoil that yeah. but yeah i just think it was a little unfocused at times and like just a little bit underbaked but definitely the second half of the game the story when everything kind of starts to tie together is strong and it wouldn't work as well without that first half of the game so i get why it's there like it really lays the groundwork but yeah that's that, that was my thoughts on it i don't know i don't know so yeah genesis is just kind of a weak weak character mm-hmm. and, like well like especially when he's sh- opinion well it, brit especially when he's sharing the stage with like like you know sephiroth right like like right. an established you know an established like you know at this point already in 2008 just a legendary villain, yeah. fan favorite villain like yeah. you know every time i'm, I, I'm I like see- talking with genesis i'm like fuck it like give me more sephiroth which is really cool in this i actually loved seeing um sephiroth you know i've always known him as like a lunatic like homicidal but like it was seeing yeah. him pre-villain is weird it, but it's like it took it took me a bit and i was like this is actually cool like seeing him have friends um and kind of like getting a little bit getting to know him a little bit better it, it was really interesting and actually i thought it worked really well it, it it definitely gives a new side to sephiroth that the original doesn't um you know in the original sephiroth is just this weirdo who's obsessed with his mom pretty one note right uh, and stuff 
Yeah, and it's he's not to me. He's not memorable. It's it's Crisis Core is what makes Sephiroth memorable to me because it actually gives him personality. Um, it it shows the t- kind of person he was. It shows you why Zach um, idolized him. You know, it just it really fleshed out his his character growth and you know feeds into his character art. So it really makes you care. Like wow, like Sephiroth turned into this dude who's insane and obsessed with his mom and you know it's really sad because he never used to be this way and you would never get that perspective or that kind of depth from this character if you had not played crisis core right and i, I think that's like if, if anybody's on the fence about whether or not you want to play crisis core um i would any if you're a sephiroth fan i would absolutely do it to to get to know him better and to get that kind of depth well, and just like you know, the the sto- with the story of Crisis Core, like originally before I played it in two thousand and eight, um, you know, it kind of came off to me as like you know, you've seen the story of Zach Fair, now play the game, and uh, I was like, why do we have a, a wh- why? Like I was like, Zach was such a a minor character in Final Fantasy VII. Why do we need a game about Zach? But then after I played Crisis Core, I was like, okay, I, now I understand. Like that, was... I was the same way. I, I told Britt I was going into this. I was like, all right, like, you know, sure, this Zach guy, he's not Cloud. Like, I don't care about this guy. He was in a flashback for like five minutes. Like, what? He's gonna get his whole story? And then like, I was just fucking like, bought. this is only. Uh, I cry in games sometimes. The last time I cried was probably Red Dead Redemption Two a few years ago, uh, and then Endwalker. Okay, I guess I cry pretty often, but this. Um, still was the first game in a while to like really just have me bawling. Um, and like, kudos, like you know, there's a that's like a criticism I kind of have backed off on. Like, who asked for this or who needs this? I'm like, you know what? I'll give everything a chance. There's a lot of stories that didn't need to be told, but um, I think if the heart's there and it's got a really good personality, um, and it's just developed really well, like sometimes you don't know you need something until you have it, and then you're really glad that they gave it to you. So, and that's what this game is right. for me, for sure. I agree. Um, you know, this wasn't something that, this wasn't something that I thought I or anyone else needed uh, when it was first announced way back when. Um, and, uh, you know, because again, you know, Jeff, like you said, I mean, I think Zach had maybe five minutes of screen time in Final Fantasy VII might be generous. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was a flashback character. Um, and he was essentially used as a plot device right to further cloud story so it's like who cares about this guy but and that's the um that's the thing about this like it doesn't just really um you know zach's a great character but it also i think makes cloud a more interesting a better character like i i was telling brit again i i always like cloud in general i don't think he's as boring as some people accuse him of being he's just he's just different like they're both very different characters but you know playing through this um you know really makes me see cloud in a different light uh as well and his motivations and and kind of his personality and stuff make a lot more sense. Like it, it really again, much like Sephiroth, the way they present Cloud mm-hmm. in this game explains why Cloud is the way he is in Seven, and just that big change. And um, mm-hmm. you know, he went through some fucking trauma at the end of the game, so it like definitely um gives a little bit more yeah. insight and perspective as to who Cloud is and um why he fucking you know, took on the memories of Zack mm-hmm. and, you know, he, you know, which it was, it was traumatizing what he went through and it's, 
you would never get that. You would never get that side of it. You know, you just think like Cloud's a weirdo for you know assuming this guy. But when you when you play Crisis Core, you you understand like you know it's like it's like you said like I was bawling when I beat that game. Um, you know, and just like and that was how we felt. Like imagine imagine Cloud in mm-hmm. that scenario. You know, it's just um just one of the things I loved was was their relationship and just seeing it grow and seeing him kind of mentor Cloud. Um, and just to kind of piggyback off that, another relationship I really loved in that game was uh, uh, Zack and Aerith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I wasn't sure. Were... Like, is that a spoiler? Or do people, is she in the trailers? Like, do we know? I didn't know Aerith oh, was yeah, in Oh, yeah, they game. know she's in the game. I had no idea. Yeah. But... Yeah, that, Jeff had no idea. He must have been I was like, like I, didn't know she's in there. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I had no yeah. clue. No clue. Yeah. Uh but yeah, their relationship is just so adorable. Um again, this game does a great job at adding depth and character to characters uh like Aerith who really didn't get a lot of screen time in 7. And she's a fan favorite. Um and it, it just makes you love their little relationships so much because they're so cute together like the chemistry is just there and it's you know i told jeff i was like this is why i'm so adamant that Aerith and cloud aren't like an item because she was she was so into zach you know like it's just they had such good chemistry and they were so cute and you know he fixes her little flower cart like how freaking cute well, is that cloud didn't do that shit he <laughs> fell on her flowers you know i was like, like um that was the other thing i really liked about the game like i you know i said it's a good length it's only 12 hours, but like i think the pacing is really good like there's a really good mix of like it starts off really action heavy um but then it knows when to back off and there's two chapters out of the 10 chapters where you're just kind of hanging out in the slums uh the first one isn't it's kind of weird there's like a lot of time spent looking for people's wallets, but the second one, yeah, is you're just walking around with Aerith, um, fixing her flower cart, and then you unlock some side missions where you can build two yep. more, and, like, it just helps further that relationship. Like, Zach uh, is so proud to make, like, this really awesome-looking flower cart, and it's just the ugliest piece of shit uh, that people have ever seen, and if you do it again, uh, you can unlock more items and make, like, a really cute one, but, um, yeah, just their interactions, and I think that's especially this, uh, you know, not having compared him to the original, but this voice actor for Zach, I think, did have really good chemistry with uh, with Aerith. Like, I really bought um, the conversations between them. And those are some of my favorite parts yeah. of the game was just that little bit of downtime. And, like, something that I want to point out is what this game does. And I think one of the coolest things that Crisis Core does is <clears throat> it establishes the Buster Sword as a very important character in itself. Uh, in in Final Fantasy VII lore, because in Final Fantasy VII you're like you know oh huge sword, pretty cool right? Big he's got a huge he's got a huge sword. Um, but in this you learn that there's actual lore behind the Buster Sword, and there's a reason that there's a like you know there's a specific reason why Cloud wields it. It's not just because it's a huge sword; it's because that there is a sentimental um connection and a a history behind this sword um it's it's it symbolizes something um what it symbolizes i won't get into because you know there are people who have who haven't played crisis core but there is absolutely a there is absolutely a very i hate to use this term but there is a deep lore the deepest lore even 
um, <laughs> behind the Buster Sword that you 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 may not expect. Um, and that is something that like I I feel like that just made the Buster Sword more iconic in Final Fantasy lore than it, that it already was. Knowing that there's actually a deeper meaning behind Cloud's wielding it. Um, and uh, that's that's what that that's one of the things I thought Crisis Core did extremely well. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, it, it's again, it's another one of those things that like we didn't need the origin of the Buster Sword, but it definitely, uh, like you said, it makes it more than just a cool thing. It actually gives it some meaning, um, and and kind of helps justify its iconic status. I think uh, the the game's like a mixed bag. There's definitely some stuff that's a little fan servicey, but in general stuff like this and Zack's story, I think it's earned. Um, like there's the stuff where they're like, they had to give you like the origin of Aerith's bow and, uh, and things like that. But it's, it's all like, it, like Brit said earlier, the game doesn't take itself too seriously. There's a lot of moments where I laughed or chuckled and the characters have a laugh and it's just, and seven has always been great about that. That's why I've always loved the original game too. And that's why I love that remake. Didn't shy away from that stuff um, is just balancing the kind of darker moments with some of the silliness and some of the humor and a lot of the heart. And I think that's why the game is still so popular all these years later is the story and the characters. Jeff, what, what if in final fantasy seven, like the original game, what if when cloud had climbed back, uh, like, you know, when he fell into the church, mm-hmm. when he made his way back to seventh heaven, um, in the slums and they were like, how did you get back? What if cloud had said, because the buster sword kept me out of handcuffs, the buster sword brought me back. Yeah, that that could be a thing. <laughs> no, I don't know what to say. To fast that. and fear, the Fast and the Furious. Okay, Come on. all right. Uh, I got to watch that a couple more times, I guess. Good lord, people. Uh, Jeff, I have a question for uh-huh. you, just real quick. Um, when you know, again, when I was watching you play the stream, you were like, "Oh, it's kind of a bummer that the Buster Sword, um, you know, isn't just this like." You know, it goes beyond Zack and, and Cloud, and I think it's because you associate the Buster Sword uh, with Cloud, but how do you feel about it now that you've seen the whole story? Yeah, same thing, right? Like, I was I was skeptical going in, and the game really won me over, because, again, I like John said, it's it's really hard. I don't want to spoil it for people, but uh, the Buster Sword, it's not just a weapon. It's, it's a legacy, and it's friendship, and, and it's, like, you know duty and, and honor and all those things um which again it sounds cheesy and it is a little bit but like the game really earns it the game really sells it and uh it, same thing like i can't wait to play seven again and just like everything's just gonna have a little bit more weight to it um oh absolutely yeah. and like i almost wish that you had played this before seven uh remake just to see your ending, the ending like, cutscene, yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Because I, I imagine like not playing Crisis Core, you're just like, okay, like, yeah, I, I just like, why, why is this important? But now it's like when I watched uh-huh. it, I was, you know, of it, course, it like, hits so much different. I went back yeah, and rewatched like, it like, this morning, um, the ending of of Seven Remake. Uh, yeah, I, I think I have yeah. a different take on on that than most people, but yeah, for sure. Um, it's definitely this is like something that goes very well with Seven and Seven Remake. Um. So I don't know. Did you guys? Uh, is there anything else you guys wanted to cover before we kind of like? Uh, no, I think I think we got everything that we wanted. I I got everything that I wanted to uh, to get out. I would have already had the game completed because I love this game, but I've been preoccupied with you know adopting a new puppy. <laughs> so I'm I'm so I'm not quite as far as I want to be, but I'm planning on having it finished by uh, 
you know, within the next couple of days here. Just, just a, just a, it's, it's great to experience this game again in such a beautiful new package. And it's even cooler that such a, such a good game, such a classic game is going to be available to a whole new generation of players. Yeah. It's been, it's been really just, it's really wonderful uh, especially with you, Jeff, to see your reactions and mm-hmm. and you know hear your takes on it um, as somebody who was a fan of Christ, the, you know the old Crisis Core, and you know especially Zach. Um, you know I said it in your stream, but Zach is like one of my top five Final Fantasy, like favorite Final Fantasy characters, and just you know one of my top favorite characters uh, in, in general. So I, I like for me, it's just really heartening and just wonderful to see. Um, not only you enjoy it, but that, you know, other people are going to get to experience this and have these same reactions and feelings as you, you know? So that's, um, that's, what's cool to me. That's why I'm glad this is finally getting a, um, a remake or a remaster because it's just, it it is, it was such a wonderful little, um, unnecessary, but necessary game, right? Like, um, I, I've, you know, every time something seven related would come out, I would always say, I really wish that they would relaunch um, Crisis Core. You know, I didn't even expect them to do a, a, you know, a remaster of it. I just expected, I just wanted a port. Like that's all I wanted is I just wanted to play this game again. So I'm, I'm just happy that it's giving the love and rec- recognition that it deserves. And uh, like I said, it was, it's just been so fun just hearing your thoughts as you go through the game yeah and i guess i'll just build on that for my final thoughts um i think that's uh that's the most important thing is you know it despite its limitations and it does have flaws um but this is definitely one of the best remasters i've ever played you know remasters are are all over the place in terms of quality um but they the amount of effort they put into like i said just the lighting and like the color grading like especially in the midgar sections it feels completely like it's the same world as remake where just porting the psp one and that's important like it you want it to feel like you're revisiting this world and, and inhabiting the same space from a different perspective um so it's not just about you know good graphics like i think it really uh contributes to the game's quality um but yeah all the enhancements the combat's been improved it feels very modern it's not quite as good as as seven remake but um you know you would i really don't think uh aside from a few little areas you would never know this was a psp game uh they could easily fool you and uh yeah like i said i think it's i i just i really don't know what someone who has no exposure to the series would get it would get out of this and i just kind of want to highlight that again i don't think um anyone coming in here and then especially like i wonder if you play this and know the outcome of this and then go and play like seven. I don't know how they'll approach it and remake. Like it does take away some of the mystery and impact of some of the later revelations in that story as it pertains to who Cloud is. Um, I, I think it's one of those things that's you know better to have that knowledge beforehand, uh, and this just recontextualizes it. So uh, I, I would say at least play seven remake before you play this. But um, I agree. Yeah, but ideally, I think it's going to hit the best if you've played Final Fantasy seven, and luckily. That one's available on lots of platforms, and I still think it holds up well. Um, but yeah, definitely for someone who does like Final Fantasy VII, like me, and has never had the chance to play this either because they didn't have a PSP or never got around to it, like, easy, easy recommendation. I think you absolutely have to play this. It's not very long. Absolutely. Um, and it holds up mm-hmm. really well. So, okay. Well, yeah. Thanks again, uh, Britt and John, for, for joining me for this. And thank you again to of Square. Of course, Jeff. <laughs> thanks to Square Enix for providing the review code. Yeah, this has been another SEGC review discussion, and our live show airs every Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern. 
Until next time, kindness costs nothing. Take care. Gacked.